Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the Nolcast. Bud, it's a 1-0 episode of the Nolcast. Great for Florida State to be able to start a season without a loss. So we didn't spend a whole lot of time in the instant on Saturday. We won't spend a whole lot of time purely reviewing uh, Duquesne. In fact, we're going to intentionally go kind of uh, macro and, and in a different direction uh, just to have a little bit of variety out there for you, the listener. But uh, do want to get your thoughts on what you saw on Saturday. Before I do that, I will thank our friends at Tarpon Sellers. Had an opportunity to meet with those guys on Saturday, have lunch with them, and the uh, CEO literally told me that he had a guy walk up to him and said, hey, I haven't even told you the story, bud. said, hey, I bought a bunch of this wine. Are you familiar with this podcast? And he was like, yeah, I know those guys. I'm familiar with the podcast. He brought took out his phone. It was like a $911 order of Target Dadlers based off Nolcast listenership. So that's not a that's not a bad way to have a little bit of marketing success make its way directly back to uh, one of the presidents of the operation. So to whoever that was, uh, much appreciated. Fantastic. I, I that is that is awesome, man. I, it does feel good to have to be one and oh. You know, one and oh, it's just it just feels better. And and I I think there's something to it. If you're not a program that is dominant right now, and FSU is not really dominant, having a nice little warm-up game is nice. Did, did you catch what Jim Harbaugh did with his quarterbacks, by the way? Uh, yes. Yes, I did. The the uh, alternate... <laughs> alternate the, uh, starts? Yes, alternate starts. Uh, get everybody occasion to uh, put their best out there, as though we're it, uh, producing a Broadway show or something like that. But yeah. I mean, it's kind of genius in that most likely it causes McNamara not to transfer because he's already locked in. He's playing two games. And then it gives you an excuse to start McCarthy going forward if he goes off against Hawaii, which I think is the worst defense I've ever power rated since I've been doing this. Literally, like, shout out to my former podcast partner on uh, Barton and Bud, Barton Simmons. Hawaii dropping 65, mm-hmm. or excuse me, Vanderbilt dropping 65 on Hawaii uh, out on the island on Saturday night. That was. Yeah, anyway, I don't know really where I was going with that. But, yeah, if you have these warm-up games, it allows you to work through some stuff. It's not quite so concerning. There are some guys who who played Saturday who are making their first starts ever for the Knowles. And if they played like that against LSU, it's probably not good. And some of those guys, if they play like that against LSU, it's probably great. But maybe there are some first-game jitters that you, that you can attribute some of the play of some of these dudes who – quite honestly, have had decent fall camps and maybe didn't play quite so well in that game against Duquesne. I, I thought you hit a lot of really good points on the instant, so we're not going to belabor that and go you know, go over a bunch of stuff. But and there's a couple kids I, I wanted to hit on. First, we do want to give a shout-out to our partner, Legendary Home Loans. Chad and Shannon just do an awesome job. The diehardest of diehard and old fans, they are all about it. We text all day, and they, they just love it. Um. 844 FSU loan is the number to call. I've done it twice. 400 plus NOLCAST listeners have made that call now. Find out why. It's always a great time to buy a home. If you find the right one for you, you got to go get it. You got to get a loan that's great for you. They're going to get you the best possible loan with great customer service as well. And uh, hey, I mean, 400 NOLCAST listeners can't be uh, can't be wrong. You should see our, our FedEx budget for these shirts. It, it's 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 serious. We on our reup, we're gonna ha- we're gonna have to build that in. Um, no, but we're really happy to continue to partner with those guys and, and we love we love what they bring to the show. I I wanted to talk about well, I thought Dennis Briggs, he was kind of quiet on the stat sheet, but 
that's a nice presence to have out there, man. But Jared Verse is the guy I wanted to talk about tonight. Just a really – I know we got a lot of buzz on Twitter today from some of these NFL draft scouts, and, and I, I don't necessarily totally disagree. He's going to give up some runs because the technique is not totally there yet, the fundamentals, the understanding of exactly what he has to do in the defense. And I think against some of the better offensive tackles, he may get stymied a little bit if they have good counters. Right? I want to see how, how his counter moves are. But – he is just height, weight, speed, hustle. Like that guy's got a motor too. He is going hard often and he's going to mess some people up. I I am very interested to see, and we're not going to totally do an LSU preview tonight, but I'm interested to see how LSU's freshman left tackle handles him if he gets put over him or honestly any of, of the defensive ends. If you put Briggs over him, uh, McClendon is you know, a little smaller, but I I saw that kid. He's a really good, really good recruit, and he's starting for LSU in the Superdome as a true freshman at left tackle. But when we had him down there at the Future 50 event last year, he did struggle a little bit with size. It wasn't really the speed off the edge. It was these guys who, who had power who could you know, bull him a little bit, and you know, whether you're supposed to bull the guy or not, that's an interesting question. But FSU does have some speed on the edge, but they really have some size on the edge. And I'm, I'm pretty encouraged to see, you know, to see that offensive line. They played a lot of combos, man. A whole lot. You had bless Harris, right tackle. You had bless Harris, left tackle. You had, I mean, how many different guys snapped the ball Four. So, I mean, Gibbons, Schrader, the walk on whose name I forget. Apologize. Uh, yep. And, and Washington and your starter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I wasn't really, I, I was not impressed with the game that bless Harris had. And if, if there's a dude, you want to write off something and say, Hey, um, maybe this is first game jitters, right? You've never played in a stadium like this. You played at Lamar, not Florida state, but you know, I know he didn't grade out very well in the various services that give gradings. I don't know what he graded on it, but she's internal grades. I'm not trying to dog kid. But th that's got to get better. On the other hand, I was actually encouraged by turn team. Like, I know everybody's clowning him on Twitter for that spin move block, which, okay, I probably deserved if you think we need to be clowning guys for, for one play. But, like, that's, that's a decent performance by him. You have a lot of size up front. I, I don't know what combo they're going to roll out for LSU. It concerns me a little bit that you are having to play this many combos this early, largely out of necessity with the injury stuff. So that's a concern. LSU is going to have to try to figure that out, and we'll see how well these guys communicate. It's a concern for me because I'm sure you have a lot of stuff that you've been repping that you want to roll out for LSU. And as an offensive lineman, you do kind of want to know who the guy is next to you and, and have some level of trust. They're not really choosing to rotate. They're kind of rotating out, out of necessity to try to figure out what who the best five are until Maurice Smith gets back. Now, Maurice was listed on the death chart uh, as a potential for this week. I'm a little skeptical, given the whole segment we're going to do next about LSU's depth chart and just kind of a quick look at what those guys have. You know, they do have some real beasts in the middle with, with him, but uh, you know, people have seen him. He's not on. He's not on crutches anymore. Uh, so that's certainly an encouraging sign. I would say the, the other thing I, I take home, and I, you hit on this in the instant too, man, but uh, I'm not really in love with what you have at corner right now without a Marion. Uh, I, 
I just, I'm not convinced. Look, Jerry Jones may have taken a big step forward in fall camp. One game does not define him. Okay. If you put aside the whole targeting penalty, he's not terrible in this one. I'm not saying he was good, but he wasn't terrible, at least upon rewatch. Like he wasn't getting burned a whole lot. There's some stuff I think that are just completions that he's, he allows that are kind of within the, the design of the scheme to allow. The problem is like he could take a big step from where he was last year and still not be good. And you may need good in this game, given LSU's depth chart. So th- those are kind of my thoughts, you know, from that game, people want us to, to, people want us to go all in on the, uh, on the conversation about, about the backup quarterback and in the comments, Hey, Hey, talk about the backup quarterback. I'm, I don't know, man. Like, I think that discussion was had. I mean, I think it was had in the position preview, and I think it was had again on and, the instant reaction. And at this yeah, point, like a, you just uh, you know spiking the uh, spiking the ball. In my opinion, one hundred percent. Do you have the uh, the LSU depth chart we can pull up? Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but I did want to uh, just devote a couple minutes to it again. This is by no means our LSU preview, it, uh, but uh, I looked at it the other day. No. Uh, here we go. It is well. Apologies, we, we were really quality podcasting. I, I, sh- I should have had this. There we go. All right. So a couple things I remember about these guys as recruits. Things I know. Um, I'll, I'll throw some at you. Jaden Daniels did not have very good numbers at Arizona State. Arizona State was a dumpster fire. Uh, obviously, they were pretty happy to see him go. If you guys remember the whole like player celebrating when he left video. Part of that may just be because of how much his mom was around the program and how awkward of a situation that was. But he does have some mobility that maybe Garrett Nussmeyer, the other QB, does not have. Uh, Brian Kelly today, this is Monday night, said that he's not going to announce a starter. He thinks it might be a, a schematic advantage. My thought is, if you're playing Daniels, and again, like he might be a lot better than I think. We don't really know. He's not terrible, but he certainly hasn't been good so far at Arizona State. It might be because, like the Knowles, the Tigers have some offensive line questions. So that just seeing him potentially atop the projected depth chart there, that kind of gave me, not pause, but interesting. Running back to me is also really interesting. So John Emery, who I think is the most talented back on their roster, is suspended for this game. The two backs who are being kind of projected as your potential starters, Noah Kane and Armani Goodwin. So Goodwin's a little smaller, right? A little, little shorter. Kane's a bigger back, 225. Kane had a really serious injury at Penn State. And I like Noah Kane a lot. I've known him for a while. He was, you know, he was a Baton Rouge kid, then, then or excuse me, Louisiana kid, then he moved to Texas, then to IMG. And like, I've, I've seen him play quite a bit of ball. And I really liked him pre-injury, but he was not the same guy a, a, after his injury. We'll have to see how well he plays for them, you know, at, uh, at running back because... Is he starting if Emory's healthy? I, or excuse me, if Emory's not suspended? I don't know. Receiver, uh, that's scary. That's one of the best receiving cores you're going to see all year. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, it's scary. And I guess there's two different trains of thought as far as you, the decision you make at quarterback. I would be inclined if I was Kelly to play Daniels simply because, like, if it's not there immediately, he can buy you an extra second. And this wide receiver with an extra second against Florida State's defensive backs is, is certainly a scary proposition. Uh, they're they're exceptional. I mean, Keishon Butte is going to be a 
top 10 pick in the league. Uh, that's a, that's a dude that's got 10 year NFL vet written all over him. Uh, and like you said, the other player is pretty damn good as well. Uh, it wasn't just Jones that had a couple moments that were, were frightening out there. Again, we're not, we're making a whole lot out of a couple different plays uh, against Duquesne, but when that's we haven't all seen have anything for Vance of, yet. Yeah. Like uh, that makes me think he's good. Like, like I, so far, it, if I'm grading the trade, Brownlee for Vance, yeah, advantage Louisville. Uh, and Knowles makes some nice plays and is aggressive, but also has a couple tapes plays on on the Duquesne tape that aren't uh, aren't brilliant either. So you know, look, first game, things get worked out hopefully, uh, but they're <clears throat> ourselves and every other people that talk about this game uh, are going to discuss this matchup in depth because. It's as lopsided as there is uh, to be found on either side. No doubt about it. Uh, tight ends, I, they feel pretty good about the tight end spot. You know, we'll see. Uh, Taylor is really big for them. I mean, 6'7", 250. So, you know, like that's that's an interesting guy. Uh, Jack Betch is a dude they list at receiver, but he's sort of a tight end body, you know, 6'2", 215-ish. We'll kind of see how he factors into the mix. Offensive line for them. Uh, just you know, quick thoughts again here on the LSU depth chart. O line is uh, is a question. So, Will Campbell, true freshman, starting next to him. Miles Frazier, who was a redshirt, or you know, a uh, what is he a redshirt junior now from uh, from FIU, who was a guy who was you know, pursued in the transfer portal by some schools, FSU for a little bit. Garrett Dellinger is now going to play center. Uh, he had, I think, some starts at tackle prior. Anthony Bradford obviously has, you know, started a couple games for them. Probably shouldn't say the word obviously because it's it's a it's a crutch, but also it's not obvious people who don't follow LSU. And then Cam Wire uh, is a dude who has played uh, two seasons worth of games and, and has ten starts for them. They're kind of curious as to whether Tremont Shorts is going to get in there. He was a, a transfer from East Tennessee State, as we know, not all transfers work out. We'll see kind of how he factors in. But you know, their offensive line, I will say, is certainly healthier than FSU's has been throughout camp. They seem to have avoided the injury bug more than, than the Knowles did. Of course, that's not a criticism of FSU strength staff or anything. You took some guys in the portal who had a known injury history like Lyles, and you had several guys coming off either offseason surgery or certainly a pretty serious injury to end last year. All right, so – I think LSU's defense is probably a pretty good bet better than its offense. If their O line is really good, if they got a run game, then well, we may have a sad Monday show. Xavier Hill, uh, Cardell Thomas, they got some backups there. D line, this is interesting. So they're going to play a three down front, but it's basically like kind of four big dudes there. Uh, Ali Gay is one of the better defensive ends. I think you're going to see. On the schedule this year, he's probably an NFL guy. Jaqueline Roy is also like on a lot of these early NFL draft boards. We'll see. I mean, I think he's pretty good. Mason Smith is formerly like the number one or number two defensive tackle recruit in the country. He was a true freshman last year. That's kind of scary. Uh, if he plays to his potential, that's a major problem. Of course, we don't know if he will. He, last year, he was big, but not really effective. Um, he does. He looks like he's in pretty good shape. Behind that, though, they have some some really nice depth. And they, they got Guillory there, who's played about a season's worth of games. Makai Wingo they took, who was one of the best 
guys in the SEC East. They took him from Missouri, and he might not even start. You know, Savion Jones has uh, has played some for them. Uh, Quincy Wiggins is an athletic freak. That's a name you'll probably know in like two or three years. I don't know how much he's going to play like immediately. And then at their jack position, which is basically like their other defensive end, uh, B.J. Ojolari is also really, really talented. So their their front is is going to cause you some problems. It's really just how many problems will it cause you? And can you keep this score low enough to where you continue to run the ball with Jordan? If you got it, if this becomes a, a track meet, or if you get down, you're probably going to stay down. Um, all right. Mike Jones Jr. at linebacker for them. Didn't play much last year, but uh, he came over from Clemson. They had a kid last year who really broke out for them. It turned out to be a stud. Uh, I think their linebacker is okay. I think FSU is probably better there. DB is uh, is absolutely a question, man. Like It could be really good, but it could also be very sketch. We don't know. Like There's questions about almost all of these guys who they took in the portal, and we'll just have to see how well they play together, you know, how do they mesh, like how healthy are some of these dudes. We'll we'll see. Um, you know, I'm somewhat skeptical about their DBs, but you also got to see if uh, and that's mainly their corners. Their safeties, I think, with Jay Ward and Major Burns, as well as the Arkansas kid they took, not too bad. You know, Greg Brooks may be starting at a nickel for them. He's got a whole lot of starts, so obviously um, he's a guy who could, who could go to the NFL at some point if he, if he runs well. I don't know the transfer kid. It's really yeah. remarkable how many of these kids are, uh, are transfer kids. And even that transfer on both within, teams within the SEC East, or within the SEC itself is uh, the Brooks kids from Arkansas. The, the kid you just referenced there from uh, Missouri. It's just, you know, yeah, they've, they've been doing a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, this is really, really interesting. Um, I had a guy text me the night. He said, "Hey, does FSU have a a new starter at all of their skill positions on offense, despite returning basically all five starters?" And I thought about it. I was like, "Okay, so they lost Parchment and Corbin. So Corbin was technically the starter. So I kind of disagree with the idea that that they lost or they return all five starters. Parchment really wasn't a starter, I don't think, but he." part-time starter it's kind of amazing that basically all the skill core has been replaced with external guys mm-hmm. I mean, Treshawn ward plays pokey wilson i think will play some uh you know biscuit got a lot of snaps in that game did, did you get him or did i get him in the snap count draft mm, i believe you had him i like the sound of that man <laughs> I don't think that's going to hold, obviously. I think it'll probably be more like when, when McDonald gets back healthy, he'll play more. But uh, let me see. Did I get him? Uh, no, you have him. Okay. Uh, okay. Nice. Damn it. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that's kind of our, our brief-ish, briefish thoughts on the LSU depth chart. A lot of transfers, man. And I think you can make a living with transfers if your goal is to you know, make a bowl game, to get better as a team. I don't think you can build like a national title contender solely off transfers. But that's mm-hmm. not really the goal right now. The goal is to sort of tread water and, and get better as you try to get better recruiting high schoolers. Uh, pardon me as I'm dealing with some lighting issues here. But um, 
Yeah. It's an interesting look at a depth chart that will, like I said, go into much more detail later on in the week. But um, you ever uh, you ever heard the term percussive maintenance? I have not heard that. No, uh, my dad used it. it. Basically, just means you're banging on something, right? Per- percussive maintenance. I think that's what my son was doing to my rope lights. Remember the other night they were not working, and I looked like like, like I had no backlighting here in the studio. So yeah, uh, I, I I dug in there today. I was like, hmm. <laughs> Who's in here? Toy hammer could be some could be related. Working possibly. it out. Well, yeah, good for him. Um, speaking of working out, man, why is it always important to keep recruiting some of these kids in the transfer portal era? Uh they might transfer back to you. Might right? transfer back to you. So Florida State picks up a four-star running back uh, from Penn State today. Uh, interesting addition that Bud was referencing there. Uh, Kazai Holmes, I certainly remember his recruitment. And uh, <clears throat> hey, that's a, you know, obviously that 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 room is pretty rich as we as we saw last Saturday, but that's a great pickup and, and credit to Florida State's uh, assigned behind-the-scenes crew for being persistent there, it sounds like, within yeah, so, the law, of course. Correct, yes. Um, look, Kazai Holmes was in the class of 2020, right? And pretty good athlete out of Coco. We saw him. We liked him. Obviously, Juwan Sider at Penn State does a really nice job recruiting. They beat out a couple schools. FSU was involved there. He does have some family connections to the Knowles as well. FSU is out of scholarships, and uh, currently, Penn State is l- l- loaded at running back. So he was not going to get the play there. Like, this is not a shot at home. I think this is a good addition. You guys will remember about four years ago, we told you this kid named Treshawn Ward was a really good, really good walk-on, and not to worry that FSU did not sign a scholarship back uh, in the recruiting class. Some people called us crazy and that we were excuse-making. Now, that staff ultimately got fired, but we were not wrong about the Treshawn Ward thing. With Kazai Holmes, I think you could have a, a similar situation here. FSU has had a nice history of success under Norvell so far with transfer running backs, who knows? Like, you could lose Trey Benson after this year, right? He's technically draft eligible, I think, if he goes nuts. And maybe if he, if you were to run some kind of insane time. He's a good athlete, versatile guy. He can catch the ball. He also played some corner and safety in high school, too. So he, he was definitely thought of as a, a two-way guy uh, at times. I believe they want him for the running back room, which at least that's, that's what I was told. Uh, he does have to come in as a walk-on, from what I understand. Uh, in the first semester, simply because they're out of scholarships, but uh, maybe maybe he'll have a chance to earn his way on uh, to the team next year. Ingram, you know, just get got to earn it, right? Maybe he will have that chance. Yes, of yeah. course. Uh, nice addition within, right? It's a room that you might see some defections from, and you just can't have too many good running backs. And obviously, that's kind of uh, you know that's what Mike likes to likes to lean his hat on is uh, being able to get that that position evolved as many ways as possible when he's kind of operating his, uh, what we believe to be his optimal offense anyway. So uh, nice pickup there. Good to see. And uh, you're right. Every, all the confidence in the world that ultimately that young man has a chance to earn a scholarship in time. Uh, People that we're so fortunate to be able to partner with and uh, earn their business over time, Charlie Park, uh, the best rooftop bar in Tallahassee, without a doubt. And uh, we're just always so fortunate to be able to pair with the broader 
Madison social community. One thing that we've always talked about, Bud, is that we love Madso, but that township is pretty damn great too. And my understanding is that uh, Brooks Kepka agrees with us and, and spent a good amount of time at township over the last weekend. So uh, it's a popular place regardless of where you go. Can't get any better than that setup there crossing the IM fields with Township and uh, and Madso. And then Charlie Park is just a place where you go up the elevator, walk out the elevator, and with all due respect, uh, you're not really sure if you're still in Tallahassee. So a uh, great place for us to be able to partner with, and a big thanks to those guys. By the way, the uh, Madison Social Bourbon Street Bar Crawl route uh, has been posted on Twitter. Uh, if you go to their Twitter at Madison Social, pretty cool. Um, it is how many stops is this eight eight stops i think it is uh stop only planning on stops one through six there, there are eight stops they're only, only going to stop uh one through six i may attend this we will see i have some stuff to do this is saturday by the way it's not sunday so it is the day before if you guys get in i think you you get in saturday i believe get in saturday early saturday yes early saturday well hey it it, it you can't drink all day if you don't start early right that's so, that's, that's what i tell myself yes um Oh well, actually, hold on. So the so stop one is at the Carousel Bar. My wife loves Carousel Bar. <laughs> we will probably go to at least one stop on this. Uh, hell, we 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 may, we may open that place up. Anyway, uh, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. We we may stop in for a little bit. Obviously, uh, traveling out there with a bunch of other Knowles is going to be an absolute blast in New Orleans. Uh, just if you're going to have to do a neutral site. With all due respect to where you live and where I live, New Orleans is a much better neutral site city to visit than Orlando or Atlanta. With all I'll have some good spots yeah. for you guys. Like next year when, when LSU comes to Orlando, we'll have some good spots. The restaurant scene here is not quite as good as New Orleans, in my opinion, at least. But, <laughs> you know. It's close. It's I've close. got two kids under three. I don't really do the bar scene all that much uh, when I'm home. So, What else we can talk about tonight? Uh Anyway, yeah, look, Holmes gives him a nice, versatile guy. He can catch football. He's got some moves. He should slide into the rotation fairly well. Probably needs to put on a little bit of bulk. I haven't seen him in about a year, so I don't know exactly how big he is you know, currently, but uh, he is officially uh, enrolled, or at least in the student directory, uh, as our Chris Hummer of 24-7 Sports pointed out today. And, uh, yeah, that's that's a quality thing there. We'd heard that was happening for a while, and it uh, looks like, it officially is so very encouraging we also got some really cool news coming for the podcast to so make sure you stay tuned to our preview episode we actually might do a like preview and prediction episode and a special guest interview episode this week so you might get a triple episode or a three episode week this week pretty encouraging that would yeah you'll have the potential of what, well, six with Noel the cast in eight days too. at some point or something like that. So yeah, God, that's uh, a lot of Noel cast. Like I don't know if the internet uh, uh, they better ha they better have five G or or, or <laughs> absolutely. You know. And none of them were shot at a bar at the uh, Chica. So you know, uh, we we earned them all definitely. Yes. Uh, anywho, all right. So Bud and I have like intentionally waited uh, to have this conversation until after August fifteenth because that is a definitive point in time when you're talking about leaving the ACC and adult, I'm not about to say that Florida State's going to leave the ACC uh, say, so let me let me be delicate with my my phrasing there uh, but I do think that we can offer you a um, 
you know, some facts that I don't think are otherwise out there and do so in a manner where it doesn't look like we're trying to, you know, uber clickbait on YouTube with like FSU leaving the ACC question and Bud's eyes big. Yeah, exactly. You got it. Uh, thumbnail that, please. Um, so I believe, and in fact, I, I'm all but positive of this, that there's been more effort and institutional focus on what Florida State's conference uh, alignment will ultimately be probably in the last four months than there ever has been. Uh, and perhaps, you know, more so uh, even even with a combined time period. Um, Florida State, in my, again, to my understanding, has received two significant uh, donations towards the football program. Now, Florida State's boosters of significance operate much differently than others. So you didn't see this on Twitter and nobody's out, you know, thumping their chest about individual donations that they've made. Uh, but I do believe that Florida State is in a uh, aggressive review of finances with intention of having the war chest to pay the exit fee, not the grant of rights buyout, but the exit fee to have that liquid in as soon a period of time as possible. Now, did I just like give you brown groundbreaking information? No, you probably could have guessed that to some extent, but from an institutional, like when you just evaluate who is involved in this process and who is intimately involved in this process, I think Florida State as an institution is as prepared and uh, is as close to to leaving a conference as you possibly can be uh, without actually, you know, sending a letter to Greensboro or whatever. Now, does that mean a hill of beans uh, if you still got to come up with $500 million and some of these other things that are involved? Uh, I wouldn't totally dismiss it, but obviously there's, there's more than just Florida State's want when evaluating what's, what's at play here. I, I think that's fair. And really what, what you're talking about here is controlling the controllables. If an opportunity came up to join the SEC or the Big Ten, you don't want to just hem and haw. I don't know if we really have the money to do it, right? I mean, like basically it comes down to you got to be really sure that the ACC is not going to work out, which I think different people, like reasonable people can agree depending on your definition of workout and, of course, your definition of what time frame. You would need to be reasonably sure that you would have an invite to the SEC or to the Big Ten. You would need to be able to pay the buyout immediately, which again, as you said, I think August 15th was the deadline if you wanted to declare that you were leaving for this year. So we got at least a year to think about this, right? Like the, it, the FSU is not leaving the ACC tomorrow. That we're, we're pretty damn sure about that. So at least not to play in some other league in, in 2023. Uh, and then you would probably have to have some sort of out of the grant of rights or some sort of way to like, you would need some kind of war chest of money. I don't know if that's like a bond issue or something crazy, uh, like, you know, I, some kind of, some kind of crazy financing and bond issue, something that would allow you to withstand. I don't know. I mean, at least two, maybe more years of a legal fight with the ACC in hopes that they eventually just let you settle it like they did with Maryland. Uh, 
or that the league dissolves. But you need to have long-range planning on this to where you can somehow secure operating capital for, I think, like five or six years. And you also, you need to be right. Because if you're wrong and you get the operating capital to secure yourself while you're having this legal fight and you, you, know, you somehow raise five or six years worth and you're wrong and you don't get out of the ACC with, with, with the grant of rights, then you're screwed until 2036. Like that, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that have to happen there for you to win the ACC. But I do think it is prudent for FSU to at least look around, check the couch cushions, see like, hey, should we really be spending the money on this, or can we can we refi this? Can we refi that? You know, whatever. Eight four four FSU loan. Maybe you need to refi your home to check and see if you need to clear up some operating capital for your operation. But I think it's prudent of them to see what they could do. So something caught my eye last week, and I don't want to be like too conspiratorial or or reach at things, but one of the advantages of having Mike Alford and and you hear this is that he's uh, like wildly exploratory in his thoughts and he is aggressive at exploring any option possible. So I'm minding my business on LinkedIn because uh, that's where I spend a lot of time for my job. And I saw <laughs> I saw a pretty interesting post, but and I'll just bring this uh, to your attention. Mike Alford went and visited the James Andrews Clinic and also the real estate arm of it that's attached to it. Uh, I would just it, I'd keep an eye out on things like that and what Michael Alford wants to ultimately explore. I, I don't know anything, That's but that was, a, that was a very interesting pairing. Uh, you've got a, a a real estate company that is involved in the medical field. And, uh, you know, maybe that's a way that Florida State uh, could explore uh, some kind of public private partnership or something like that with some of these projects that they're trying to otherwise explore so um i'm not gonna you know spend a whole lot of this there there won't be the linkedin five minutes on the nolcast every week or something like that uh but that is something that that caught my attention and uh, Do we have the like article said, like if, if you shoot me the article link i can uh i i, I can share it on screen yeah let me pull it up there real quickly here this too is right. good podcasting this uh, is great podcast oh going, i found it here okay uh I'll put it in your dms little, otherwise Little, little, it was already in the DMs. Remember, we, oh, we figured out that's where it was. That's true. That's true. Um, share screen, share a tab. You currently have 74 Chrome tabs open. So that's quite a few Chrome tabs. <laughs> wow. I'm going to need to delete some of these later tonight. All right. So uh, I take that off. Cool. Whatever. Um, I'm going to go full screen on this. So what are we looking at here, man? This is an article showing. Andrew's Research and Education Foundation's post uh, for visiting us at our campus. Our team is honored to speak with you and show you the way behind the, behind the scenes of the Andrew's way. Like that could be nothing, but I mean, it could be something for could sure. Could be nothing. Could could be absolutely nothing. But the other partnership there is uh, with a real estate group that uh, you know wants to be aggressive in some of their offerings and uh, in their appearances. And so I, I think it's a Interesting combination and just something to put a pin in. I mean, if you had a friendly real estate group, there's a lot of stuff you could do. Like, I mean, hell, they could they could build you a building and then you lease it from them or something. 
right? You could you could explore uh, Florida State. Here's here's what Bud Nye's point is: Florida State's could do everything it possibly can to explore where there's existing pools of money and where you don't have to commit as much money in the next four or five years because you want to be liquid for an exit fee. And maybe it's through uh, and a you know a, a interesting real estate perspective. Uh, maybe it's through you know donations that would have otherwise gone to other other causes uh, or or more aggressively coming into the football program. But I can tell you behind the scenes, I think Florida State is aggressively preparing to leave the conference in in as you know expedient manner as possible. And I know others have talked about this, but. The comments that you got from the president, uh, you and I talked about this while we were down in Florida. Those are really more almost what you get from a booster president rather than a guy who you just picked from Harvard. Uh, I'll, I'll quote him real quickly here uh, regarding uh, Florida State's conference affiliation. It's something I'm spending a lot of time on and we're getting a lot of help with. We're going to try to do anything we can to think about how we remain competitive. Florida State is, Florida State is expected to win and we're going to be very aggressive. I would take the president of the school uh, at face and and know that that's exactly what they're doing. I totally agree with you, man. I, I it doesn't mean that it's going to work out. This doesn't mean that it's actually going to work and that they're going to be able to leave the ACC. It also doesn't mean the ACC is one hundred percent doomed. Although I think we both agree it's it's not looking great. Uh, it's probably like ninety two percent doomed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're like they're not Duquesne doomed, but they're more. Louisiana, Georgia Tech doomed uh, to go back to our, our, our wind shares episode. By the way, uh, speaking of ACC and AC Network, tactical glasses or tactical razor? This was a good question on the Knowles 24-7 message board the other day. I, I was like, I'm I'm going tax shaver. Like if I, if I ever rob a bank or something, I need to quickly lose the beard. I, I need something that can rip through this bad boy yes, while you're, quickly. While water's falling down from a from a gutter spout above you, you can still shave. Yeah, absolutely. I guess that uh, I threw a tweet out there after the first quarter praising the ACC. At least where I was, I was getting like cheese it, and I was I was I was at least getting actual brands uh, running ads as opposed to you know Irish the Irish chopper or food chopper or whatever we had last year and tactical shavers and you know, sunglasses that come with their own unique Eagle screech uh, every time you wear them. But um, yeah. So my point there being was that evidently by the third or fourth quarter, depending on which market you were on, perhaps the ACC <laughs> fell back to, <laughs> to some of the old tried and true sales uh, perspectives that they had left over from last year. So uh, what a funny, it. what a funny conference and what a funny network. I was actually uh, watching on a, a not, Russian legal, illegal stream, right? Uh, which I definitely don't have to watch all my college ball games on uh, on Saturday. And I, I just uh, there's so many pop ups, like I, I just you got to keep killing them. So during the commercials, I just let the pop ups run, and uh, I didn't actually get to see a whole lot of commercials. But it was uh, chicken nuggets, chicken wings nuggets, chicken boneless nuggets. wings, yeah. uh, all sorts of horrible. I understood things. why they did it because like that's like the social media app you put out. They they were playing off it. It's mm -hmm. like it's a fifty-six to what you know. Yeah, I mean it's, yeah, it's something they, that they could win that game by a hundred. They really felt like it. Something a producer 
found on social media on Wednesday and decided that, uh, hey, we got five minutes if and when we'll need to fall back on it. So, uh, one piece Roddy Jones does his homework, like, yeah, he right. is prepared, knows the team pretty well, like, has yeah. a pretty good eye for personnel. I feel like, like, he's He's a good announcer. Now, Roddy Jones is a, a guy that turns in a legitimate effort on each game that he does, and I don't, uh, I don't necessarily shriek when I see him seeing a game like perhaps I do others. But uh, whether it's whether it's five minutes or, or twenty minutes talking about the Knowles, we'd always encourage you to call our friend at Matt Lewis. And as we've had two other people reach out to us this week via DM, if you'd prefer a personal, um, uh, a personal three person. Uh, Damn, I'm stuttering like hell here. If you prefer me to <laughs> offer a third party introduction, I'm killing it. Uh, please do DM us. Folks. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> and uh, we'll reach out to Matt as we've done with uh, many other companies and, in fact, sat in on a conference call uh, with Congruity and my company today. So, congruityhr.com is the website. Uh, hit us up for a third party introduction if that's your reference or if that's your preference, and uh, we'll go from there. You got anything else tonight, man? I uh, uh, hope the ACC has a quality showing this week in the non-conference. Um, North Carolina, now an underdog to App State, probably don't want – I think I saw they were 6-21 in Power 5 non- non-conference openers since the start of the playoff era to open the year. That seems insane. It's really, really bad. Like, David Hales had some good stuff about this on Twitter – some of these Big Ten teams are not better than ACC teams, but they get a lot more interest because they do schedule cupcakes early, and the voters just, you know, Pavlov's dog. Oh, they're that's a zero yeah. in the loss column. Yeah. Move them up, right? They're four and one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and so you get these ranked teams, whereas these ACC ACC teams are actually playing non-conference opponents and then losing to them more often than not. Losing, not always losing, but oftentimes losing. And they're, you know, it's just not, it's not a way to, to draw interest in the conference when all of a sudden you're in week three and you only have two ranked teams. No, I th- I think a lot of it's been a byproduct of these teams trying to, you know, raise their uh, appeal. Also, the checks associated with some of these games. Um, but if I'm the ACC, you know, if you if you lose some of these more competitive ones or you know, if you're Miami or, or Florida State, but uh, UNC doesn't need to be losing to App State. That's that's ridiculous, and you really just need to avoid the, uh, you know, the horrible embarrassment slash black eye on the conference that people are still talking about eight or nine weeks later uh, on, you know, if whatever the current iteration of college football tonight is or uh, whatever the show is that uh, you used to get the great – Lou Holtz as a judge uh, with uh, Mark May and really just 10.45 p.m. content. That was uh, that was spectacular on a Saturday. That was uh, that was a hell of a show. I, I like the robes that they wore for, for, for the judgment stuff. A lot of a lot of production value. Absolutely. I actually saw Lou Holtz a couple months ago. I was. All right. So I was driving. uh Cooper Patagna, who works for us 24-7, back to the airport from, I think, a, either a 7-on or, or an Under Armour camp we had here in Orlando. And I popped in to Buffalo Wild Wings to do some work, and Lou Holtz was there, just chilling. I think, I think he had some white wine. It's like 
afternoon, just enjoying himself. Good, time, like, nice guy. Oh. Uh, I haven't seen Mark May in a long time. Yeah, yeah, Mark May, Lou Holtz, truly a, uh, a dynamic pairing on that show. Brilliant God. as it was. Was it his? Was it his car or Corso's car who got hit by the lightning at, at Virginia Tech? Corso's Corso? car got okay. Got yeah, uh, got nuked at Virginia Tech. Yeah. That's a good video if you guys have ever seen that. Yep, very cool, very cool, and uh, awesome. You know, that was it was the, during the Mike Vick days. Truly electric. So, all right, y'all. We'll be back with a uh, LSU preview and perhaps even more, uh, according to Bud from earlier in the podcast. So, uh, we'll have at least one more show for you. This just wanted to do something a little bit different than forty minutes on Duquesne. Uh, hopefully, y'all enjoyed some of the rambling nature of it. Uh, but we'll be back with a full preview. Hope to see as many of y'all as possible this weekend in New Orleans. Thank you, as always, for the support of the Nolcast. And until next time, this has been tonight's episode.